0: you're listening to arc radio podcast brothers and sisters yes uh, last week as you're aware i had started or uh, uh, resumed going through the diseases of the heart or the importance of purifying the heart as the heart coupled to the brain are the two vital organs which will ultimately make or break how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala perceives us and therefore with this in mind I have been going through Imam Maulud's Purification of the Heart, translated by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, and going through what has been written on these, drawing on what has been said in the sacred sources, and as well as what has been understood by the scholars. And the diseases that I'm going to go through will be alphabetic from an Arabic perspective, but from an English perspective, that, that will mean that it will not follow suit. Uh, but the disease, inshallah, will be starting with today's miserliness. And in a poem, which is written, which summarizes everything, Now then, the refusal to give what is obliged according to sacred law or to virtuous merit is the essence of miserliness which is mentioned among the diseases of the heart. As for the obligations of sacred law, there are such things as zakat, supporting one's dependence and rights due to others and relieving the distressed. Examples of virtuous merit include non, not nitpicking over trivialities. Avoiding this is even more important with respect to a neighbour, a relative or a wealthy person or when hosting guests or concerning something in which such behaviour is inappropriate, such as purchasing a burial shroud or a sacrificial animal, or purchasing something you intend to donate to the needy. Thus, one who makes matters difficult for one whose rights clearly render this inappropriate to do so, such as a neighbour, has indeed torn away the veils of dignity. This is as the majestic and guiding sages have stated. This is comparable to one who fulfills his obligations without good cheer, or who spends from the least of what he possesses. Its root is love of this world for its own sake, or is so that the self can acquire some of its fleeting pleasures. Imam Maulud brings to the fore the de- definitions of these diseases, their etiology, their origins and causes, and how to cure them. The first disease he speaks of is miserliness, buchl. In It is it is the first not because of its worst character, but because of alphabetical wording. As He mentions two aspects of miserliness. One relates to the sacred law, sharia that is rights due to God and to his creation. The other pertains to Marua, which is an important Arabic concept that con- connotes uh, ma- uh, manliness and valor. In pre-Islamic Arabic, cult- Arabic culture, valor was a defining concept. It is similar to Western idea- ideals of chivalry and virtue. The Latin word ver means man. Similarly, the Arabic root for virtue, maru, is c- uh, cognate of the word for man. The scholars state that it refers to both manliness and humanity. Regarding the first aspect, the sacred law obliges payment of zakat, charity distributed to the needy. Miserliness in the form of not giving zakat is explicitly forbidden. The same is, is true for one's obligation to support his wife and children. Even if a couple suffers a divorce, the man is still uh, to pay child support. Miserliness when it comes to the obligation of sacred law is the most virulent form. In terms of valor, the imam goes into some detail. One should never create difficulty over paltry matters, he says. When it comes to debt, it is far better for the creditor to be flexible and magnanimous in uh, demanding and uh, making things unbearable. This is especially true when the creditor is not in need of repayment while the debtor faces hardship. An understanding and compassionate creditor is one who has valor. Having this quality of magnanimity is not an obligation in sacred law because a creditor has a right to what is owed to him. But if he's apathetic to the needs of the debtor and insisted on his payment, this is considered reprehensible. It is an Islamic ethic that a wealthy person have magnanimity, generosity and demeanor of lenience. A hadith speaks of a wealthy man who would instruct his servants when collecting money on his behalf. If the debtors do not have the means, uh, they tell them that their debts are absolved. When this wealthy man died without any good deeds, save his his largesse with debtors, according to hadith, God said to his angels, This man was forgiving of people's transgressions against him, and I am more worthy of forgiving the uh, transgressions. Therefore, I forgive him. When hosting guests, one should not be pernickety, says Imam Maulud. If a guest, for example, spills something on a carpet, the host should not display anger or, worse yet, scold the guest. It's far better uh, humanity and valor to make one's guest feel no consternation at all. The Imam mentions buying a funeral shroud, saying that there should be no haggling over the cost, for a funeral shroud should remind one of death and not worldly matters. Also, in buying livestock in order to give meat to the needy, one should not haggle over the price. This applies to purchasing other goods that are intended for charity as well. A person who doles out difficulty without cause strips away the veils of dignity. This is what the wise guide, that is the scholars, have said. It is equally regrettable when one discharges an obligation or fulfills a trust without good cheer. When paying charity, for example, one should smile and be humble, allowing the hand of the indigent to be above the givers. It is a privilege to be in the position of to give charity an honour to fulfil a divine obligation. In Islam, it is an to give away to, in charity what is shoddy and inferior. inferior. This, there is par- parsimony and miserliness in this i.e. we should not give what we, we do not want, the scraps, unless there's been a specific request for it. But general rule, when it comes to giving, we try and give what we would be happy to receive is a good way to look at things, because in Islam we treat people the way we should wish to be treated. The Muslim tradition is to give away from what one loves. God blesses this charity and extends its goodness. O you who believe, spend from the good things you have earned and from, from what we have brought out for you from the earth, and do not seek what is inferior in order to spend from it, though yourselves would not take it unless your eyes were close to it. And know that God is ever rich and ever worthy of praise. Surah Al Baqarah, verse 267. And you will not attain righteousness until you spend of what you love. Uh, and that's again uh, Surah Al Imran, verse 92. May Allah make it easy for myself and my brother. And continuing uh, from this, uh, the generosity is one of the highest virtues of Islam and one of the manifest qualities of Prophet ﷺ, who is known to be the most generous of people. The word for generosity here is derived from Karam, which also means nobility. In fact, one of the most excellent names of Allah is Al-Karim, the Generous. It is better to be beyond the minimum of what the sacred law demands when giving charity. The generosity is an expression of gratitude to God, who is the provider of all wealth and provision. The etiology of miserliness comes down to loving the fleeting stuff of this world. The miser clings to his wealth and hoards it up. The word for cling in Arabic is masak, which is derived from another Arabic word which means constipation. Miserliness people, uh, miserly people are those who are unable to let go of something that otherwise poisons them. The Prophet ﷺ said, God has made what is excreted from the son of Adam a metaphor for the world, dunya. When one is hungry, he seeks out food, eats and is pleased, when he leaves the body it is the most odious of things. Giving zakat is letting go of portions of we- one's wealth to purify all of one's a- other assets and ultimately one's soul. It is possible that someone's earnings may have some impurity in it, uh, some doubtful source. By giving zakat, one purifies one's provision and whatever unknown impurities that may have entered. Hadar Ali Ra Anhu said, The worst person is a miser. In this world he is deprived of his own wealth and in hereafter he is punished. The ultimate ca- uh, ca- casualty of miserliness is the miser himself. Many wealthy people in our society live impoverished lives, though they have millions in the bank. Their choice of living is not inspired by spiritual austerity. Rather, it causes them great discomfort to spend their money even on themselves and their families, let alone on others. The nature of the miser is that he does not uh, benefit from his wealth in this world, and in the hereafter he is bankrupt and debased for refusing to give to the needy, refusing to purify his wealth, and preventing one from being a cause of light and relief in the hereafter. The miser would argue that he hoards wealth to alleviate his fear of poverty. What is remarkable about this mindset is that the miser never truly feels relieved of anxiety. A miser is constantly worried about money and devoted to servicing his worry. The Prophet ﷺ once asked once some clansmen about their leader. They mentioned his name and said, But he is a bit of a miser. The Prophet ﷺ said, A leader should never be a miser. And then he added, Do you know of any disease that is worse than miserliness? For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Ark Media app.